0: Hello, welcome to the Living the Abundant Life broadcast. I'm your host, Dr. Samuel Meredith, pastor of Living the Abundant Life Christian Center in Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm so happy that you decided to tune in today and I pray that you will learn something that will help you live the abundant life. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. Uh, this is the fourth installment. This is Laws of Prosperity, part four. In today's lesson, we're talking about, can I afford it? Can I afford it? Again, Isaiah chapter 55, and we'll begin reading. Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come by and eat, come by wine and milk without money and without Now, let's look at this for a moment. It's telling you the word is on. You can buy without money or without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? In other words, you're laboring. You're doing all these different things to purchase something that you really don't want. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good. What's the point? He's trying to tell you, to listen, because the Holy Spirit is going to tell you, the word is going to tell you what you need to do to eat good. And you will delight in the riches of fair. Give ear, listen and come to me. Listen, that you may live. In other words, God wants to tell you how to live the abundant life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the people, a ruler and commander of the people. Surely you will summon nations you know not and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel. For he has endowed you with splendor and some translation says glory. He has anointed you and glorified you to and, and to become attractive for wealth all right but he's trying to show us a way if we listen to the Lord the voice of the Holy Spirit he will always take us to our wealthy place now let me start this broadcast with a story and this actually happened a few days ago well me and my boys we were out getting our hair cut. And uh, the barber, he's an older gentleman, a very nice man, uh, a strong Christian. He's knocking on 80 years eighty years of age. And um, once again, he's a good guy, uh, sharp <laughs> in the mind, got his health and strength. Hey, he's cutting our hair. Yeah. So anyway, he gives us a story. He says that uh, recently he went fishing and, and, you know, he went fishing. He was asking God to help him fish and help him make a big catch and catch many fish. And he have a prosperous uh, adventure. He, he's a type of person. He's been fishing for years. He loves to fish. He's acknowledging God. Well, you know what? He didn't catch anything. But let me share this with you. Before that day ended, while he was at the fishing hole, someone came to him and said, Hey, man, you want some of these brim? He said, Sure, I would. I would love some of those brim." And so he got some brim. Then the second person came to him and said, hey, man, you want this catfish now? Now, my barber, he's taller than me and he's bigger than me. He said that the head of that catfish was bigger than his fish. I mean, then than, than his fist, I'm sorry. And so, yes, and he said I, he accepted. It, he got the catfish. Then the third person came to him and said, hey, man, do you want this buffalo? Man, my barber said that that buffalo was from the sole of his feet to his knee. Now, once again, he's taller than me. He said that it weighed over 20 pounds. What's the point of all this? True story. God was trying to show him he's not limited to this world system or this world's way of doing things. He showed him the kingdom. How the kingdom operated. Now, remember, he prayed a prayer to God and God heard his prayer. Now, God heard his prayer. He took some action behind it. He went and asked the wind tried to go fishing. But in the natural, he couldn't catch anything. But God found a way and touched some people's heart to come bring him more than enough fish, probably more than fi- enough fish that he even thought he was going to ask or he could receive. Remember, he can do much more than you can ask or think or imagine. This is a picture, once again, of the kingdom. This is also a great example of the kingdom of God, how it works versus the world system. Now, let's look at this. If you notice, he didn't catch anything. Now, he's been fishing for years, for decades, many decades. He loves to fish. But just like the world system is up today, down tomorrow, you may catch some, you may not catch some today. It's up and down. But God's system of authority, God's system of kingdom system, it's always perfect. It It will work every time. Amen. Now, let's look at this. I can't afford it. That statement coming from your mouth is one thing that will stop the kingdom from operating. I can't afford it. That is a statement that is evil in the sight of God. It is a bad statement. Now, why is it bad? Why is it so evil? Because when you make the statement, I can't afford it, you are saying that my job, my income my money is my source and because that is my source i cannot in the natural find a way where i can afford the things that i really desire now god could have all kinds of intentions in helping you get what your desire but when you say i can't afford it you stop god's hand i can't afford it is an evil word It is an evil word. Now, let's look at this for you to say I can't afford it. You only say that that's based on the natural. In the natural, we make X amount of dollars. We may have X amount of uh, money uh, dollars in the bank. However, this thing that we really desire that we really want. If it's more than what we have or our responsibilities, then we'll make the statement, I can't afford it. But God's trying to show us, one, don't say that, and there's a way in the kingdom that you can't afford it. Now, what's another reason? Why is this statement, I can't afford it? Why is it so bad? Well, once again, it's based on the world's system and the world's way of thinking. Remember Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Be not conformed to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God? What is it saying? Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to it. That's the world's way of thinking. If I don't have enough money, I don't have enough money coming in, then I cannot afford it. Once again, you're limiting, you're limiting God. Remember, this is not your home. You're not from here. You're from the kingdom. The word of God says we're ambassadors. Now think about how an, an, an ambassador operates. If you're an ambassador, a United States ambassador living in a different country, guess what? Although you're in a different country, you're not subject to the rules of that country that you're in. You can be the ambassador to france but you're not subject to the rules and laws of france why because that american embassy on that piece of land on although you're in france but that piece of land operates as if you are in america so there is no sh- although there may be a shortage in france there's no shortage in that american embassy in, in france why because you're backed by a different kingdom so it is with us as children of god We're ambassadors for Christ, meaning that we are not limited by this world system. Remember who you are. You are a child of the most high God. There's a scripture that says that he gets pleasure out of the prosperity of his servants. He gets pleasure when you prosper. Now, let's think for a moment. You being an earthly parent. Do you get pleasure when your children prosper? Or do you say, mm, no, I want them to not be successful. I want them to fail. No, any good person parent always wants to hear that their child is prospering. This is consistent with God. He wants to see us prosper. He does not get pleasure when we are suffering. No, he does not. He always want to make sure that we are prospering. Why don't we allow him to do it? But when we say I can't afford it, you stop the kingdom of heaven from operating in your life in that specific area. All right. Now, furthermore, let's look at this statement. I can't afford it. If you had a brother and sister, in, a fellow brother and sister in Christ, if they would make that statement, I can't afford it, you would probably say. Well, you know, I understand, you know, you know, I I understand. I definitely understand. Okay. well, let's back this up a little bit. What if your brother and sister had uh, just received a a negative doctor report and said that they were termin had terminal cancer and they have three or four months to live? If they told you that, what would be your response? You would probably say, well, you know, remember, God is able. He's a healer. Now, whether you mend it or not, you would probably say that. In other words, you would give some type of hope. Well, let's back this up just a little bit more. What if there was a person who was a sinner? He has not, he or she has has not given their life to Christ. But when you go to them, they tell you they say something to you like, man, you know, I want to be saved. But I've done so much sin in my life and I'm involved with so many different things. I got to get myself right first before I can come to Christ. You would preach to that person, the cows come down, come home, that it's already done. Only thing you have to do, you would tell the person is to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that, that Christ has raised him. I mean God has raised from the dead, the redemptive work, you'll tell them the whole nine yards that this blood is more powerful than any sin that you've ever committed and it was strong enough to wash away any sin. You will convince that person of their redemptive works of the redemptive works of Christ I should say well can I share something with you the word of God says with his stripes that's a redemptive word you are healed what about your prosperity because this is the whole point just as confident that you would be with, with telling that person that salvation is for them only thing I have to do is accept and believe it you have to have that same confidence when it comes to your healing and your prosperity you know i said a lot let's look at second corinthians 8 and 9 let's read and see what the word says concerning that second corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 and it reads for you know the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes because of you because of me because of us he became he being jesus became poor that through his poverty you might be rich you know what that sounds like redemptive language to me in other words he's taking your poverty or he became poverty so that you can become rich I know some of y'all may be thinking, "Yeah, but this time I'm rich in spirit." No, no, because we put this this verse in context. In verse eight of Second Corinthians, it's talking about liberal giving. It's talking about money. He wants you and has provided a way for you to become rich. Now, let me give you some more, some some something else to think about. We remember that when uh, Jesus was, the word of God said the spirit of God led him, the Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness to be tempted. And he was <laughs> tempted, for, uh, and he's fasted four days, forty nights, and was tempted of the enemy. And after that, the word of God says he came in the full power of the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and the word of God says he went to the synagogue. After that, he went to church. One of the first things he did, went to the synagogue, And he found himself in the scriptures and this scripture says the spirit of the Lord is upon me he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor now wait a minute the first thing he said was the spirit of the Lord is upon me and what did he come to do to preach first the gospel to the poor you notice it wasn't heal the sick raise the dead cast out dead. it was to preach the gospel to the poor now wait a minute why didn't he just say preach the gospel to man he made a distinguishing uh 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 he made a specific point to call out the poor the gospel the good news glad tidings to the world to the poor what is that glad tidying what is that what is the good news you don't have to be poor no more you don't have to be poor no more it is god's will that you prosper and i'm not talking about just spiritually but and soulishly but also in the financial realm he also wants you to prosper in your relationship in every walk of life we should see the kingdom of god operating amen that's what he wants you to that's what he wants for you now let me give you another something else to think about what was Jesus first miracle once again it wasn't casting out devils healing the sick raising the dead what was his first miracle turning the water into wine in other words his first miracle had had something to do with prospering someone adding to someone Yes, it was for the sake of entertainment, but guess what? He didn't want anyone to be embarrassed, so he blessed someone to prosper, and he blessed a wedding, praise God. He blessed someone to prosper. It is God's will that you and I prosper. It is his will, all right? So what is the one thing that will stop us from prospering when we say, I can't afford it? I can't. Afford it. Understand the world system is based on buying and selling, but the kingdom of God, his system is based on sowing and reaping. So, how do I buy, as we talked about in the first uh, 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 in Isaiah 55? How do I buy without uh, or buy goods without money? I sow a seed for it. Sow a seed, sow a seed and believe God for the seed. Name the seed, sow the seed, believe God for the seed. When you do that, guess what? That's how you buy without any money. Believe God's word. Believe God's word. Now, I know you're thinking, oh, your preachers want your money. No, I I didn't say sow the seed to me. I said sow a seed. The, let me tell you something. When you sow your seed, your seed is anything above your tithe. Your seed, when you sow that seed, you need to sow it to someone or an organization that's advancing the kingdom of God. In other words, someone who has fruit in their lives. Someone or an organization. And sometimes you want the Holy Spirit to tell you what we're to sow. Someone that has fruit in their lives. So name the seed, believe the seed and stand on it. That's how we buy. Now, remember the situation I told you about my barber, the world system, the kingdom. Remember, given it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, run over, shall men give to your bosom? Those men gave to his bosom. The kingdom touched his life. Now, I did not say. I'm gonna be careful now. Notice, I did not tell you to go out and go buy whatever you desire. I didn't say that. I'm not telling you to go out and buy a mansion. I'm not telling you to go out and buy a, 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 your dream car. No, the kingdom will bring it to you. It will bring it to you. Your desire. Listen, the word of God says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He wants to use your wants to destroy your needs. In other words, Instead of getting something that you need, remember the scripture says, why are you laboring for something that you don't even desire? I'm paraphrasing. No. What is it that you desire from God? The kingdom sow the seed and allow the kingdom to bring it to you. Just like the example with the fish example. Allow the kingdom. Now, sometimes it may bring you whatever you desire at 50 percent, half off the value. It may be just 25%. It may be 10%. You know, he, you may get it for free. The point is, allow the kingdom. See, when you sow your seed and believe for something specifically, you'll know when the kingdom is operating. Because if you don't name the seed, or if you don't sow the seed or name the seed, you won't know when the seed comes. You don't want the. You, I'm sorry, you won't know when the harvest comes. You have to name the seed and believe. Believe. Now, let me give you an example of this. Something that had happened to me relatively recently. Well, uh, the beginning of the year in January, um, someone <laughs> called me and said, "Hey, are you taking your kids uh, on a spring break trip?" And you know, now when they said that to me, you know, in my mind. Now let me tell you what's going on with me. I had a. I knew I had to pay a very high income tax bill uh, i knew that was coming i know that the government wanted their money now you know i was kind of perplexed a little bit but you know what i didn't say no i knew not to say that but i said something like uh I don't, you know i don't know let me get back with you when i got off the phone man the holy spirit said yes are you going to take your kids on some type of spring break trip i'm like lord god you know i don't even have enough money for her. For this income tax bill that's coming up that I have to pay. In fact, God, I need your help to help me pay this bill. He asked me again, so are you going to take, you know, it's funny. Listen, God does not care about what you got going on. Anytime that God is asking you a question, that's an opportunity. So eventually, thank God he didn't give up on me. It came back to me on a later date. Are you going to take your kids on a spring break trip? And eventually I said, you know what? Yes, God, I'm going to take them on spring break. And so I said, okay, God, where do you want me to take them? Blah, blah, blah. And he told me where he wanted to take me and all these different things. Now, there's something else he asked me to do. Now, we're talking about faith. Now, this is in January. We know spring break is mid-March. He said, well, I want you to go ahead and book the hotels." Now, remember now, I still got this doggone income tax bill. Once again, God does not care what you got going on. We're talking about the creator of the universe. But I was allowing, I almost allowed my small thinking to get in the way. But thank God I had enough trust. And thank God for the Holy Spirit encouraging me the way he did. So anyway, uh, uh, I said, okay, God, yes, I'm going to go. Where you want me to go? And he told me where he would like me to go. And I said, okay. So he told me to go book the hotels. We stepping down in faith. Okay, I booked a hotel. Then he told me to do this other thing. Tell your kids about it now you know I really didn't want to do that see if you book your hotel and it don't work out you know you good no one knows but when you say that to your children you know how children are they're going to hold you to it as if it's going to happen in other words he put some pressure on me sometimes when you're walking in faith you got to take risks and you know you got to endure a little pressure but you know what it shows what you believe so I told my kids and and, and a a series of different things other instructions he told me to do and I said that's fine now a little while later, I got an email one day saying, "Hey, can you adjudicate this? Blah 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 blah." I was happy. I said, "Yes, I sure can." Well, the interesting about it, think about this: it was a three day, uh, a three day uh, uh, assignment, uh, and so I was out of town, so I had to go there, spend the night, and all these different things. Well, I think the interesting about this was that Thursday when I arrived there and began to adjudicate, to judge those different <laughs> things for the for, for that particular school district, um, the pandemic hit and where I worked, the district closed down. That was on a Thursday. Well, you know what? Almost all the schools in our state closed down. Well, Friday came came back and they said we're still judging I said okay we are I judged Thursday, Friday and Saturday where the schools in the state were shut down now that was a miracle from God now I got a nice check behind that but guess what it still was not enough for me to take me and all my kids on the spring break trip let me tell you all something we went down got down to two days before we were supposed to leave God did an unexpected miracle uh, uh, an unexpected he worked through an unexpected channel that I had no idea I had more than enough money to take my kids on a spring break trip and just have plenty of money left over well that happened on a Wednesday we were supposed to leave on a Friday but guess what the pandemic hit And that Thursday is when they shut everything down so we couldn't go. But you know what God did? Now, by the way, God blessed me to pay my income tax bill, but it took all the money that I had. So what ended up happening? My kids, we spent spring break here with me, and we ate well. We just patronized all the local restaurants, and we just had a great time. But guess what? The Lord filled up my bank account the point is this I had an opportunity to allow that I can't afford a mentality to to control what 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 uh, control my thinking and it would have nullified the plan that God had for me remember God gave me a choice are you going to take your kids on spring break Now, now listen he just asked me the question what is that you want and what you desire God is asking the same question. Are you going to do this? You have to allow the kingdom of God to operate in your life. Laws of prosperity. Can you afford it? Yes, you can afford it. Only thing you need to do is sow a seed. Give God a hand clap of praise.